0: This is the Life Truth Network.
1: Quest for Truth, Episode 437.
0: Health Sleep Podcast Network. HPN, in conjunction with Protectors of the Book, presents Quest for Truth.
1: Now located at life-truth.com.
0: Seeking the truth about God, faith, and the Bible.
2: Life Truth, comparing worldviews in a casual setting. Digging deep into the Bible and its challenges. Here are your podcast host deputies, Keith Heltzley and Nathan Caldwell.
0: Hey everybody, that is right. This is Quest for Truth and this is your host Keith doing yet another solo episode. Um, I don't want to get too bogged down with this, but I'm going to return to the spiritual warfare topic. And I'm going to just kind of give this a, a flying leap and go at it. So, hey, you know what? As I'm preparing to do all that, why don't you all listen to a fast word from the good folks there at the Christian Podcast community. Uh, you'll hear voices that sound like these.
1: Thoroughly Equipped is part of Striving for Eternity's Christian podcast community. Striving for Eternity is a Christ-centered ministry focused on equipping people for eternity by assisting Christians to have an eternal perspective on life. They strive to bring evangelism, discipleship, apologetics, and Christian living together for the purpose of eternal preparation by exalting God, edifying and equipping the saints, and evangelizing the lost. They provide speakers, online articles, online courses, books, podcasts, and other theological resources, all centered on God's Word. To find out more, go to strivingforeternity.org. And to listen to other podcasts, go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org. I pray that their resources bless you as they have blessed me as we live our lives day by day, praising and glorifying God.
2: Parenting isn't about us. In fact, parenting isn't even about our kids. Parenting is just one way Christian dads and moms are to worship God. So welcome to the Truth Love Parent Podcast, where we train dads and moms to give God the preeminence in their parenting. I'm your host, A.M. Brewster, and today we bring our biblical parenting essentials. If you've ever wanted to have me visit your local church, your school, camp, some ministry of some kind, or home even to speak on how God would have us to parent our kids or any other family topics, please visit truthloveparent.com and click on the speaking tab. And please, of course, share this whole series on your favorite social media outlets so that other Christian parents can mature in their parenting. Subscribe to the show and follow it for weekly encouragement. And if you and or your family need some specialized and individualized help, please write to us at counselor at truthloveparent.com or leave a voicemail at 828-423-0894. Listen, I love you more than you realize. I love your family equally, and I'm honored to be invited to serve you at this important time in your life. So Lord willing, I'll see you soon. Truth Love Parent is part of the Evermind Ministries family and is dedicated to helping you worship God through your parenting. So join us next time as we study God's Word to learn how to parent our children for life and godliness. And remember that TLP is a listener-supported ministry. You can visit truthloveparent.com forward slash donate to learn more.
0: Getting started here, we're going to talk about, again, spiritual warfare. And before we talked about uh, world, what that looks like in the world, and honestly, there's a a, a very fleshly component to it because it's all about I'm my own worst enemy. And a lot of spiritual warfare is brought on by our own weaknesses and temptations. And it doesn't take much for Satan to... uh, draw us into that. Well, let's talk some more today about the devil and what does that look like. And we'll start here with uh, 1 Peter uh, 5, verse 8. We're going to dig into this verse. So this verse kind of is a good encapsulation of what the devil looks like spiritual warfare. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now that one verse describes uh, greatly what the devil is doing. You know, it starts out with be of sober spirit. What does that mean? The first thing we can do when it comes to uh, spiritual warfare with the devil is sober spirit, of course, as you might think, it has to do with being prepared, about having sound judgment, being prepared both in mind and spirit. Sober, we think of, equate that with being you know, the opposite of being drunken. You don't want to have an incapacitated mind. I remember, it's been a long time ago, uh, There's a particular young guy who was, I think he was a lieutenant in the Marines, in the, in the deep in the jungles of Vietnam. And people would always rib the Vietnam vets for getting all manner of drugs and smoking hashish and all all this stuff. He says, Oh we never did that. Where I was at, I don't know where they did it. I'm, I know they did, but he was in a place where you had to have your wits about you. You 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 couldn't allow yourself the luxury of uh, any kind of uh, drunkenness or drug-addled minds. Uh, but." We, I'm going to refer to some verses. I don't think I'm going to read them. I'm just going to break out the concepts behind them. But I'll read them for your own benefit, and they will be in the show notes. Uh, from 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 13. Uh, Therefore, prepare your minds for action keeps over in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, there's things we can do we can prepare our minds for action. We can think about we should just all time in the military. You're just sitting around bored. Anyway, it, it just this mental exercise nonstop. If an enemy was to come here right now, where would they come from? That direction? Okay. What'd they look like? How many of them would there be? What would I do? You you run through these mental drills to be ready all the time. What if I met a person who acted this way, what would I say to them? What if a person who is hostile, what would I react with them? These are things we can think of to prepare ourselves in our mind for an attack from the devil, because that's how the devil, he's a supernatural being. He can often come at us in physical ways to attack. Uh, 1 Peter 4 7. Uh, the end of all things is near, be of sound judgment, sober spirit, because that was those words again. Why? For the purpose of prayer. We want to incorporate prayer into our sober-mindedness or uh, on the alert for Satan. And why? Because the end is near. The end is nearer now than it was. Uh, to say how long it, may be. it could be another hundred years or a thousand years. It could be next week. It could be today. The end is nearer now than it was. So we need to be aware of that. We need to be awake, and I mean awake, not woke. Big difference. Uh, woke is a uh, political phrase, a cultural phrase, but we do need to be awake, on guard. We need to be diligent. Uh, we need to guard against being uh, oppressive or in a drunken state. Uh, and Matthew 24, 48-50 refers to this concept. Uh, if the evil slave says to his heart, "My master is not coming for a long time," and be- he begins to beat his fellow slaves, eat and drink with drunkards, uh, the master that slave will come on a day when he does not expect at an hour which he does not know luke twelve forty five to forty six also says a similar thing. If that slave says in his heart, My master will be a long time in coming, and begins to beat the slaves, both men and women, treat uh, uh, to eating drunk, and I, I chuckle because there's a beating to his fellow slaves. Uh, that's just, it struck me funny in the a, in a, in a wrong kind of a funny way. This is clearly bad behavior. Uh, but when the master of that slave will come, on a day when he does not expect it, at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and assign him with unbelievers. Um, Luke 21, 34 to 36 continues this thought, be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighted down with dissipation, drunkenness, or ways of life, and they will not come on you suddenly like a trap. This is, uh, again, the act of how Satan works. He wants to entrap us. He wants us to lure us in to a comfortable place, eating, drinking, even being overly uh, drunken. Uh, it's, it's just lured in one step at a time. Uh, you know, Satan, we'll, we'll talk more about it as a lion in a moment. But that's, he, that's how you know, a lion will prowl. We have a cat in the house, belongs to my granddaughter. And he's a playful guy, but he does, as cats do, he'll you know, be sneaky and prowl and he'll pounce. So, but until he pounces, you don't know what he's doing, where he's coming from. Uh, let's see, it will come upon those who dwell on the face of the earth. So whenever God comes, it's not going to affect just believers. He's coming to cleanse the whole world, to take vengeance on the whole world. To purify it for his purposes, this is why we need to keep on alert at all times, praying is that word praying again, that we may escape all these uh, judgments when the son of man returns. Uh, just so, there's some good points here: keeping on the alert, being a sober mind, praying. These are all things that we can do when it comes to defending against. A spiritual being such as Satan, uh, be ready and behave properly. It's another key element that we can do in our spiritual warfare against uh, the devil. And Romans thirteen eleven through thirteen, do this knowing the time that it is already the hour to awaken from sleep. For now, salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone, the day is near, therefore let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in a day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity, sensuality, not in strife and jealousy. Now, here's the thing, and this also ties into what I'm going to say next, is that uh, there is a time to sleep as at night night is made for sleeping day is made for being awake the hour is coming for us to wake up from sleep you know i'm i'm of a belief that we are living through the end times approaching the end times we're living right now in the darkness of that era whatever you want to call it and Uh, The sun is coming, Uh, the sun, S-O-N, the sun, S-U-N, it works both ways. Uh, When the sun comes, uh, the sun rises in the sky, uh, it's time to wake up. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I typically get up at roughly 6 a.m. And this is the time of year when the, the days are getting shorter and it's often dark. I get up before the sun comes up. Especially through the winter, uh, I used to get up even earlier than that, like five thirty, and I would be up before the sun. So even though you know you're creatures of the night, you get up before it's sun up, so you can be ready when the sun does come up. You need to be dressed and showered and shaved and prepared to meet your day. And it's these are dark times, uh, but the it's the rush is about ready to crow ready to come up. It's time uh, as Christians to get out of that comfort zone of sleep and be awake uh, for what's happening around us in the spiritual warfare. But again, talking about sleeping at night, uh, and even uh, wearing you know, armor of faith, we can refer to First uh, Thessalonians 5, uh, verses 6 and 8, uh, let us not sleep as others do, let us be alert and sober. Uh, those who sleep, they're sleeping at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love as a helmet, the uh, uh, helmet of hope of salvation. Uh, now, let me Pause on that thought before I go on. Uh, again, those who sleep, you sleep at night. Night is the time for sleep. People get drunk; they get drunk at night, then they have to sleep it off when they don't get up until noon. But hey, if you got your sleeping done, when it's time to get up, it's time to get up. And that's what you do. Uh, you now, I I also wanted to toss in here. You know, if you journal, and I, and I don't currently do a lot of that, but I used to sometimes people find out that they have a lot of dark thoughts and anger and they're just glad no one has to read their journal. And what I've noticed when I look back through mine is I, I'm not a particularly dark person. I even tried to write a blog one time based on dark emotions and feelings. I got about two posts into it. I was like, I can't do this because it's just not my personality, I guess. Um, But we need to be of the day and sober and put on God's armor. Uh, We need to watch what we wear. This is more targeted towards women when we look at 1 Timothy 2, verses 9 and 15. It talks about modest dress, but also we shouldn't be overly uh, decked out, overly adorned. Uh, But this also, uh, importantly, talk about a little bit of relationship goals, Uh, It says, uh, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly, discreetly, not with braided hair, pearls, or costly garments. It's okay. You should be modest. You should cover up. But you shouldn't go overboard and overly adorn and decorate. This is a nice, modest covering. Um, But it goes on to say, skipping up to verse 15, uh, women will be preserved through bearing of children if they continue with uh, sanctity of love and self-restraint. Now, okay, you know, so there's the classic, typical woman's role. You're, you have a special <laughs> role in life that men can't do. Men can't bear children. That's the one thing that women definitely can do that men cannot do. Uh, you always hear a lot about you. you know, what's that song it used to be from way back I think it was Annie Get Your Gun anything you can do I can do better and the lady would talk about how she can do everything as well well that's not it's true to a point but it's not entirely true uh, And there are some things that women can do better and there's some things that men can't do at all and bearing children is the one thing that if women want to conquer <laughs> you can beat us men out all the time with that one, but it needs, there needs to be respectable behavior. There needs to be dignified behavior. First Timothy three verses two and eleven. And overseers is talking about pastors above reproach, husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Uh, women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gospel, uh, gossips. Temperate, faithful in all things. Now, this goes on, Titus 1, let me me read titus 1 real quick. Uh, Verse 8, continues the thought, hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled. Now, these are actually uh, characteristics, attributes of people who want to be overseers, pastors, deacons. Uh, And of course, it, it was man of one wife. So if you're a woman, how can you be a man for one thing, despite what our culture says? And you don't have a wife. I'm sorry. Uh, that indicates it's just for a guy. But anyway, the the, the really the main point here, r- r- despite that entire can of worms, is that to combat Satan and spiritual warfare, these are the a- attributes that we all need to strive for. Now, if you want to be an overseer, you must definitely must have those. But maybe you're not called for that. Maybe you haven't been uh put forth to be in leadership role, maybe you don't want to be in leadership role, but even if you're just a followership role, these are still characteristics that we can best take up on ourselves uh to combat Satan. remember early on this being sober it's it's an exercise that we can do in our mind we can intentionally and willfully uh Behave this way and seek these ways so that we can best combat Satan and his spiritual warfare. Uh, moving on here and see, there's uh, some rules. Again, this is relationships between men and women, and it's particularly older men and women. Titus 2, uh, 2 4, 6, and 12. I'll skip, kind of cherry pick these real quick. Uh, older men are be temperate, dignified, sensible. In faith and love and perseverance. In verse 4, why? So, uh, 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 this is verse 3 must transition to women. In verse 4, women sh- should encourage younger women to love their husbands and children. So, older men teach uh, others in temperance and being dignified and sensible, and women are to encourage younger women. Uh, Also, young men should be encouraged to be sensible uh, and deny uh, ungodliness and live sensibly and righteously uh, and godly in this age. So these are all ways that we can have spiritual warfare against Satan. Are you actively seeking out these things? Because if you're not and you wonder why your life is... (laughs) Going to dial a spiral, you might want to work on this. And as an older guy, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you, right, so through this podcast. More. uh now this verse continues and talks about your adversary, the devil. Well, okay, we're going to talk about both adversary, and devil. They kind of go hand in hand here. Uh, now, the Old Testament. Does want to bring up some passages uh, in Esther seven six. Uh, they compare an adversary to Haman. Now you know the story um, where uh, Haman tried to uh, kill the Jews in the land? He did. Queen Esther was actually a Jew, but this verse it says uh, Esther says, "What an enemy is this wicked Haman!" And he became terrified between before the king and queen. So uh, the Old Testament uh, uses Haman in, in the uh, position of adversary. Um, we can look at Job uh, chapter 1-6 There's some interesting things here uh, the adversary is of course listed linked directly to Satan uh, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them this, this is actually an interesting canon worms are open with that but I ain't got to touch it right now uh, Job 2-2 two, two, the Lord said to Satan where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord from roaming about on the earth. Now, essentially, again, it's Satan here. You have to think it's more, in this case, more of a title, an adversary, is what Satan means, your your legal opponent in a court of law. And, you know, God appoints him. He actually has him prowling to and fro. Uh, the accuser is Satan. Um, in Psalm 109, 6, uh, it says to appoint a wicked man over him and let an accuser stand at his right hand. In other words, God puts us to the test by using Satan. He actually has Satan come to us to test us. This is why all that exercise that is talked about, being ready, having those attributes, being righteous, being awake, being alert, being diligent, Um we can also in the Old Testament look at Isaiah uh, fifty uh, verse eight. Uh, he who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up to each other. Who has a case against me? Let it draw near to me. Now, again, this I guess the purpose of this is just to point out it's when we talk about you know adversary Satan. This is actually a legal uh, prosecutor. Someone's come to test our our. Are worth to see if we're holding up uh, Zechariah 3 1. Uh, he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. So, in other words, this is just a quick, I, I guess, uh, scene <laughs> that the prophet uh, refers to where uh, we have Joshua, we have uh, the angel, we have Satan. It's a courtroom scene, uh, but. Satan needs to have permission. Uh, real quick in Luke 22-31 uh, 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 Simon, Simon, behold Satan, has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. Satan had to go to Jesus to demand that he test Simon. No very similar to Satan had to go to God to test Job. Um, now the verse, of course, again, uh, the devil, uh, in this case, is prowling around. Uh, in Matthew 4, uh, verse 1 and 11, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, talks about administering spirits. And what time do they relate here to Saint? Let's find out. Uh, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Remember, we have to have our moral character intact. But even as morally correct as Jesus was and is, he was led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be tempted. So being tempted isn't evil in and of itself. It's, It's the test that proves that we have the character of God demands of us. And sometimes this Holy Spirit leads us right to temptation. Uh, But that wouldn't happen if God didn't allow it. Uh, In verse 11, let's see. Verse 11, the devil left him and behold, angels came and began to minister. When you pass that test, uh, you get ministered to. Uh, The Holy Spirit leads us into spiritual warfare with Satan, and once we cross swords and joust (laughs) all the spiritual uh, battle, and we win by, how did Jesus win? He quoted the Scripture. He knew Scripture. He was intimate with God's Word. Uh, That's that's our main offensive weapon there. Uh, But we need to arm up and be ready. But once we're done, God does, and He will, send ministering angels to help us recover no, the enemy is sneaky. He sows tares in the wheat. What the heck is that? Well, a tare is a piece of grass, but it grows tall, and it looks like wheat. It even has a bit of a, a head on it, if you've, if you've never seen it. Uh, when the grass goes to seed, there's a bit of a head to it. But it's not wheat. You don't eat it. It's just grass seed. <laughs> it's, it's no good. But Satan will sow that, and it makes you... The wheat look better, but all that grass does is take away the nourishment from the actual wheat. There's not a lot you can do about it, though. Uh, Matthew thirteen thirty nine describes that uh, the enemy sows them; He's the devil. The harvest is in the age. The reapers are angels. This is kind of the the one verse that kind of culminates that whole parable about sowing uh, these weeds, the tares. It's just grass, big tall grass stalks. Uh, but in the end, the unbelievers are separated. Even if you're a tear, you will be separated and you will be judged. Matthew 25 41. Uh, he also says to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared, well, not for you, but for the angel and the devils. But guess what? You're a tear, you're sown by Satan, and you're going to go there too your your destiny is the lake of fire uh, uh, unless you are uh, one of the elect and listen to the calling of the Holy Spirit microphone off my computer microphone off there we go my computer just decided to wake up and do cocky maybe things on me here um where was I here? Um, John eight forty four. Oh, <laughs> uh, You are your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth. There is no truth to him. When he speaks of a lie, he speaks of his own nature. He is a liar and the father of lies. Now, Satan seems to tell the truth. Uh, a podcaster friend of ours likes to say, you lie like Satan. You, you rap the truth, the kernel of truth and, and lies. And so Satan does it. There might be something in, in the core of it that sounds true. But he knows how to lie. And you got to be aware of those lies Satan presents to you. Um, we definitely need to be aware of the full armor of God and never give in. Let me read what this says here in Ephesians 4, 27. Do not give the devil an opportunity. Don't don't see. I'll, I'll be a good sport. I'll trade punches. I'll punch you. You punch me. No, 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 no. You don't give that devil that shot because the devil is sneakier than you think. When you're having to you deal with the uh, the ungodly and the worldly masses around you, we should love them. We should strive to. to proclaim the gospel to them or bring them in. But sometimes you find yourself in a a pitched spiritual battle. Uh, don't give in. Don't let them fight dirty with you. Uh Ephesians 6:11 put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now we don't have time to get into the full armor of God, but that will be a thing to get into. We have talked about before on the podcast. Uh, James four seven uh, says that uh, the sign of a believer is to practice righteousness. Uh, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When you resist him, he flees. He sees he can't he can't win. In One John three eight and ten. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the work of the devil. Satan existed from the beginning to be a tempter, to try to lure men in and lead them to destruction. And this is what we have with Jesus. Um, verse 10 here, by this, where do he go? By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. And uh, anyone who does not practice righteousness is not from God. If uh, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Now, there's a couple of key signs there. If you, you know, if they will know where Christians by our love. To paraphrase uh, the verse, it's also a song. It, what, that's a sign that people can tell. Do you love your brother, especially your your brother, your fellow Christian? Do you show love to your all, Christian? Now, I know I hear it a lot. People say, oh, on social media, you always see Christians bickering in right each other's throats. Well, it, it's sad. And I think both sides realize it's sad that they have to engage in such petty quibbling uh, in the social places <laughs> on the Internet. Uh, so stop it. Just stop it. Uh, don't complain about the other guy not stopping it. You need to stop it, too. I, I honestly don't see that much, but I don't get it involved with quibbling with people over religious things uh, because it's a sign that you're not God's child. Um, but this is one of those things about don't give the devil an opportunity and if you quibble with your brother, uh, you're giving the devil opportunity um there is going to be a final defeat with the devil uh, revelation 12 verse 9 uh, the great dragon was thrown down the serpent of old who is called the devil and satan who deceives the whole world he is thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him now uh, this is revelation 12 to me there there's a lot more to that it's to me it's kind of a difficult passage to to wiggle through. But the takeaway, the important takeaway there is Satan will be thrown down and so will his his minions. Um, and the to, to sneak up on getting this, uh Satan's like a roaring lion. Now I don't want to maybe get into this an awful lot. Roaring lions. There's just some of the imagery that the Bible uses. I don't really know how consistent it is with comparing it to Satan because some of these refers to God's wrath too. Um, but in Judges 14 5 it states, Samson went down to Timnah where his father and mother and um son wow, one more time here, I've lost my place. <laughs> Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came as far as the vineyards of Timnah and behold a young lion came roaring towards him now is that Satan? I know, but I just think they're using that imagery. You know, a lion came roaring at Samson, uh, so we know that lions roar. I guess is the takeaway off of that. In Psalms one hundred four twenty one, the young lions roar after their prey; seek the food from God. Now I don't. I mentioned before, if if you're a cat, you tend to not roar after the prey unless you're playing with it. You've got to prowl and sneak up and pounce. So if a lion's roaring, I think he's just having some fun with you. He's, he's roaring in your face and chasing you around to, to toy with you. Uh, Proverbs 19.12, uh, the king's wrath is like the roaring of the lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. Don't much with the king, you make the king roar. <laughs> and again, if you think of an animal, a cat, or maybe a dog, what well, makes them roar? They're, they're happily eating their supper, and you kind of sneak over next to them. And all of a sudden, you hear that. Rrr. You're like, okay, I'll accept my only dog. I think even cats will do that too, to some degree. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 2. Uh, the terror of a king is like the growling of a lion. There's that imagery again. If you provoke him to anger, you will forfeit your life. Make that king angry at him. Isaiah 5 29 and 30. Its roaring is like a lioness. It roars like young lions. It growls as it seizes the prey and carries it off with no one to deliver it. And it will growl, and like the uh, roaring of the sea. Again, this passage here is talking more about uh, God's wrath on the land. God's wrath is growling like roaring like a lion out there. He's out on the hunt. He's out on the prowl. He's out there dishing out the justice, I guess you might say. Isaiah 14, 12 and 14 talks about lions. Oh, uh, star of the morning, son of the dawn, you have been cut down to the earth. You have weakened the nations. I don't see any lions growing there. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, here we go. It continues, uh, but you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. Um, oh, I got that one. Jeremiah 2.15. The young lions have roared at him. They have roared loudly. They have made his land a waste. Again, this is talking about God. And his wrath calling those roaring lions who are the uh, ungodly nations to punish Israel. Uh, so these are, I guess you can see these imageries of lions. They're terrifying. Uh, whenever I think of lions, honestly, I'm not terrified. But the reason why is every time I ever, ever, ever saw a lion, it's been at the zoo And there's usually a big chasm between me and the lion or a cage with bars on it. And you don't go close to it, because I would imagine that if I was in that cage with the lion and he roared, I might be terrified then. But I've never had to deal with that. (laughs) I can only imagine that. Uh, But uh, see. I'll, I'll read these references here. Jeremiah 51 verse 38 talks about uh, roaring like young lions Ezekiel 197 7, um, talks about the sound of his roaring uh, Hosea 11:10 um it will roar like a lion uh, trembling from the west uh, Joel 3:16 uh, the Lord roars from Zion. Uh, Amos 1 verse 2 uh, He said the Lord roars from Zion. Uh, Amos 3, 4 and 8 uh, Does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Uh, a lion has roared. Who will not fear? I'm just picking up The court talks about lions there. And honestly, the big takeaway, this is how this roaring lions appear. They're either dispensing God's wrath. In other words, uh, they they very well could be Satan uh, conquering through four nations against God's people, but they're only allowed to do so because God has called them to that. They only go to the limit God has set for them to go to. They're terrifying, rightly so. Um, They could be like having the king be agitated with you, Uh, Zechariah. Eleven three, um, the sound of a shepherd's wail, the sound of young lion's roar. Uh, let's see Second Timothy four seventeen. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that through so the uh, so the proclamation might be accomplished, the Gentiles might hear and be rescued out of the lion's mouth. I kind of compressed that a, a little bit, but this is why I'm giving you the verse references. Look it up yourself. Uh, Revelation 12.12, we're back into that chapter uh, with the defeat of the dragon. It says to uh, rejoice uh, heavens and those who dwell in them woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having wrath, but knowing is a short time. Now, seeking someone to devour, this is what Satan does. This and this will wrap things up here. He seeks, he watches, he prowls. Very similar to life, this is how, how Satan c- conducts his warfare. Um, again, we can touch back to Job 1, this time in verse 7, before it was verse 6. And The Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord, from roaming and around the earth or walking around on it he prowls satan prowls uh, you can also refer back to job two we talked about that before uh again he talks about where have you come from and then he again said he's roaming around on earth uh and what does he roam around what does he seek why does he watch he's his aim is to devour uh Satan attacks as viciously as a lion does. He's, he sneaks up. But it's quiet. You never know he's there until you know he's there. And he passes and it's too late. There's nowhere to go. Uh, Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-five, put it this way. Uh, there is a conspiracy of prophets and her midst like a roaring lion tearing. Um, one more time there. Let's see. I left my place again. Like a roaring lion Tearing the prey, they have devoured lives. They have taken treasure, precious things. Uh, Made many widows, Daniel 6, 24. uh, The king gave orders, and they brought the men who maliciously (laughs) accused Daniel. They cast them, their wives, their children, into the lion's den, and they had not reached the bottom before the lions overpowered them and crushed them. Uh, Now Again, I compress that just a little bit, but the point there is lions are powerful and when they're given their their due when they're un, untethered they they can crush bones and they can tear and rip uh, this is this is what satan wants to do to you uh, whether you're a believer or you're not believe if you're not a believer he's already got you in his pocket but if you're a believer this is why you you don't give him opportunity you stay awake Diligent, you practice all those good behaviors so that when it comes down to facing Satan down, uh, that you won't have to encounter him like a bear robbed of his cubs, or de- being devoured by a lioness, being torn like by wild beasts. Well, oh, by the way, that was uh, Hosea thirteen eight. Refer to that. Um, um and. That's where I want to stop for today, on this. Uh, you can see you know, kind of that first part of that verse: be diligent, be sober, be awake. It sounds you know, very um, Christian discipline, Christian living, but it serves a purpose. Pray uh, through it all, because once you're led to that task by the Holy Spirit, and once God says, "Okay, Satan," uh, you know He didn't. Hold back on Job. The only thing God said is don't kill him. Take care of everything else. He had skin in that game, and we may be led to a test like that. But if you are up on your scripture and you know God's righteousness, and you uh, you may feel like you've been out there alone, forced to face that lion. But even if you're in the face of that lion, and you're uh, go on toe-to-toe with him, you know that you have everything you need in Christ. Uh, you have your hope there. And once your ordeal is over, it's like Christ was ministered to by angels, and so will we. Uh, and even if, you know, it's a, an actual battle, that we don't win. Well, we might be lying food, but our soul will be at rest with Christ in the end. So, Ooh, a lot to say there, uh, and there is more to say on spiritual warfare. I have I still haven't got to some of the topics that I want to dig out with this, but I. But so far, we covered um, the concept of spiritual warfare in the world. We are our own worst enemy, but this is kind of the pendulum swing the other way, where there is a real life vicious beast who would like to see us dead. And he would if God didn't hold him back. So uh, keep at it. Be diligent. Practice the good fight.
2: The good news is striving for eternity would love to come to your church
0: to spend two days with your folks teaching them biblical hermeneutics. That's right, the art and science of interpreting Scripture. The bad news is
2: somebody attending might be really upset to discover Jeremiah 2911 should not be their life verse. To learn more, go to strivingforeternity.org to host a Bible interpretation made easy seminar in your area. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of Scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, J. Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the rap report daily, which is a two minute Monday through Friday podcast. And then the longer rap report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for rap report on any podcast app spelled R a P P report,
0: or click the podcast link at striving for org. Uh, so I don't have a lot to say. And, you know, instead of my usual closing out, I let me, let me do this. Um, uh, I, I do like to say, you know, thanks for listening and tell a friend about us. Uh, we do grow our audience the most that way. Uh, whether you leave us a, a rating and review on a platform, that would be nice. Uh, you can send us an email right through the webpage. Visit life-truth.com. That's uh, everything that we do at Quest for Truth, the Health Sleep Podcast Network is all done through there. Used to be Nathan Cobble had a t- whole separate site, but we, he's even – uh, Moved on over on uh, God on board there. But he does have uh, Protectors of the Book on Facebook.com where you can see all the activities there. We do have a, a group uh, for HPN there. We have Twitter accounts to follow. Uh, now, I also want to make mention that music in the show is provided by Kevin Zerbi, Zerbernator. Uh, well, I know he does stuff on Bandcamp. <laughs> he he does has a lot of free stuff. He 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 loves to make music and everything he has he gives away for free. And I always mention him. He he actually told me I didn't have to mention him because he just he just loves the people that get his music. But I do because if you like the music we have on the show, uh talk to Cap and go visit him, visit find him on Bandcamp. Uh Kevin Zerbe. He goes by the handle Zerbinator. And see what he can do for you and your podcasts. Uh, he's a very nice guy, and I'm sure he would not have a problem uh, with you. Uh, get some original music from him. And the last thing we like to do when we wrap up our show is to say uh, that we hope that you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. And